Welcome to You Down, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I see folks like white folks with dreads and I want to run by with scissors. You know what I mean? I don't like seeing it either, but I do have peace in that I've never seen a white girl look good in a black girl hairstyle. And that is your punishment because <laughs> you, you paid a whole lot of money to look like a fool. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to You Down, a podcast where four funny honeys come together to talk about what's going on in the culture. I'm Ashley Holston. I'm Shakir Janae Pei. I'm Mamiya Aforo. And I'm Yasmin Mooney. <laughs> Ew, troll. Why you? You know what? Leave it in there. But collectively, we are known as Obama's other daughters. Oh, <laughs> uh, And today we're asking, you down with cultural appropriation? It makes the headlines often. That unfortunate moment where yet again a picture is unearthed of a person in blackface or yellowface or doing drugs in the desert wearing a sacred Native American headdress. You hate yeah. to see it. I know. I see it too often. What's the line between loving and supporting a culture to downright stealing and taking from the culture? We're going to get into it. But first, a group check-in. What y'all love and what y'all hate? You know, what I'm loving is learning more about my friends. And, you know, <laughs> when you get together and you share stories, just new things are always unearthed, you know? I, mm-hmm. I Like what? You know, I've known Yasmin for about 27 years now. <laughs> and <laughs> in all of our times together, we've shared many of, of personal stories. And mm-hmm. I just found out that Yasmin was a part of a reality television show <laughs> where she got flown out to the Bahamas. Flewed out. What? Flewed <laughs> out. And honestly, I feel some type of way about not being let in on that, that, that uh, information. Okay, simmer down. It was just the pilot for it. They wanted to see if it would work. Just and that in- quick b- pilot in the Bahamas. Right? <laughs> 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 that you've never mentioned in the whole time any so of us casually. have known you. <laughs> So casually, like, oh, yeah, I did shoot a reality TV show in the Bahamas. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, we knew. Like, we knew. Um, but it's it's nice, Jasmine. You keep me on my toes. I'm learning more things about my friends, you know, always. It's always something interesting popping up. There's no footage from people out there. There's nothing to see. We're going to find some footage. We're going to find something. <laughs> We're going to dig something up. <laughs> um... This week, I'm loving... Okay, you guys know I'm weird with music and musicals. And I really avoided watching Hamilton because I get really emotional when I watch musicals. And I watched mm. it this weekend. I just am in it. Like, in my head right now, the Skylar Sisters <laughs> is playing. Mm-hmm. And I just I just love the form of musicals. Like, People just singing all their words. Like, I honestly wish that the world was a musical. <laughs> I always find that, like, the breaking out into song is so cheesy for me. Mm-hmm. But also, some of my favorite movies are musicals, like Across the Universe. Mm. And I really like the movie version of Rent. Yes. And I don't know how to reconcile with, like, I don't want High School Musical to just start breaking out. We all It's like, you're in the middle of a locker room. Why are we dancing in the courtroom? <laughs> I think that's a great point, though, Ashley. Like, I saw someone tweet the other day, like, there's nothing that makes me cringe more than seeing people sing on Instagram. It makes people uncomfortable to watch musicals. There's something Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is too cheesy, but it kind of is getting me off. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's too cheesy. (laughs) That, like, I feel like that's 
everybody's face at Rocky Horror Picture Show. Have you ever been to like a live viewing of it? No. And everyone's dressed up. They do it at that theater in West LA. Yes. It's down the street from where I used to live. Yes, that one. I did my birthday there one year and it was truly like the most. You be having birthdays too, yes? <laughs> I, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Ashley is so going about this reality show. It was a different time. When you're an actor, you're just like, yeah, sure. Especially earlier on. Early on, you're just like, yes, a, a chance to be on camera. That's real. At least you didn't end up on Flavor of Love or something. I mean, it worked out for Stassi and Jax. They continued in the reality world, although... Maybe it mm-hmm. worked out for a time. Worked out yeah. for a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll say, I think I'm loving CrossFit. I mean, you guys know I love CrossFit, but I took a class this morning. You're and back like, in. I know. Today's workout was all like form and lifting and overhead stuff that I hadn't practiced in a long time. And I was like, can I still mm-hmm. snatch 70 pounds? We shall see. You know, like. <laughs> could you? I could. I could still snatch, snatch squat. I snatched squat at 70 pounds a day. Wow. You know, cardio is very necessary, but there is something about lifting that makes you just feel so powerful. Right. Because like, it's instant gratification. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to it's run like, miles <laughs> to do it. <laughs> and, and it feels more practical to me. Like, you know, I'm probably not going to have to outrun somebody or run away from anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do have to lift things constantly. You never yeah, know, you Ashley. You never know what could happen. You're right. A stampede. Right. I just, I mean, I had to to outrun some bees. Y'all remember that? Those yellow bees. But you didn't know. You didn't outrun them. Yeah, 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 you bitch. You bitch. (laughs) Both of y'all. Assholes. I did outrun some of them, but I got got by some of them, and I'm still recovering. Okay, Kara, we sorry. This week, there's so much that I'm loving and hating. I was in a quiet space yesterday, and I was told to shh. And the other person that was in the room that I didn't know, I was like, oh, let me try to write a note and airdrop it to them. And uh, I turned on, (laughs) I went to go hit the note and it says, no people found. There is no one nearby to share with. Dang. It's you just, just don't like, like the apples being the shady. language. Right? Like, you're all by yourself and already feeling <laughs> lonesome and down. You, <laughs> no. How the apple supposed to know that you're going through it right now? <laughs> there is no one nearby to share with. Okay, Apple. Whatever. Yasmin don't like to be told she's alone. She don't like to be alone. And she don't want you to tell her she's alone. Okay? Because she's all not. All by myself. Y'all, I think we need to get into this main convo. I Thank you. <laughs> We've seen it in music, dance, fashion, and with hair, to name a few areas. Cultural appropriation is the adoption of an element or elements of one culture or identity by members of another culture or identity. This can be controversial when members of the dominant culture appropriate from disadvantaged minority cultures. We're talking about the Rachel Dozels and the Vanilla Ices of the world. But before we dive in, uh, let's take a quick break. Welcome back. Uh, Let's waste no time getting into it. What's so bad about cultural appropriation? What is the line between appreciation and appropriation? Mm. 
It's a thin one. I mean, appreciation is admiring something. Appropriation is coveting it and owning it as your own. You know, I was looking back on Evernote from like 2016 when I first started this battle of like cultural appropriation. Like, I see white girls wearing black hairstyles and I feel some type of way. But also, I've wanted to dress up as Pocahontas for Halloween. I didn't do it, but I'm just saying... Like, I'm also not an evil person, right? <laughs> but that's so the difference. trying to reconcile with, what's the difference? Like, that you recognize there's something wrong with this and you chose not to do it. You're like, I kind of want to, but the harm caused is not worth it. And there are folks who say, I feel it and I don't care. It's my right as an American. And they continue on. This is a question. If you're dressing up as a character or a person who isn't the same race as you, if you just don't paint your skin that color, can you still be someone? Right. Because I feel like the issue is coloring your skin to to emulate a different race. I personally would not dress up as Pocahontas or any Native American or indigenous person. I feel like I've read articles and tried to like hear like how folks feel about it and to hear them say my culture is not a costume. I'm like, okay, word, I hear you. And that's not something I need to do. If I were to try to be Chun-Li, right? Or like go the Nicki Minaj route. I like, I, that's not something that I personally would be interested in exploring, mostly because of the harm that is caused in fetishizing Asian women, right? Or like the the stereotypes around it. Like it, I know it's, there's gray areas and I'd rather just not be there. So on the other hand, with Kente and African print, is that cultural appropriation for people to wear those things? Because I've heard people say you're African costume and it's like costume, this is, these are clothes. It's not a costume. Or even closer, like if I wore one, is it, because I'm not of African, like, I don't know my African culture. I'm, you know, mommy, you're raising it a different way than me. So is it appropriation if you were to see me? in? Uh, That's what I mean. Like, where um, do we, because I, mean, I don't I, feel offended by that, but somebody else I might. feel like with African-Americans wearing African print, there's a historical, like we were stolen from Africa from the continent, and then our, our history was erased entirely. So I don't think it's necessarily the same thing. But I mean, I could be wrong. I, I'm not the end-all. This is not all. like you on the spot. I'm asking. No, no really. I mean, it's something I've, you know, think about. But particularly, like, my grandparents were from the South. And, like, the only connection to land that I sort of have is Louisiana and Arkansas. You know what I mean? And beyond that, our history was just cut. So there was no way for us to know. Are we Cameroonian? Are we Malian? Whatever. Like, we don't have those connections in a way that I wish we did. I wish we were able to, like, be like, yes, I am proud to say I'm from this place. It doesn't erase the fact that at some point, generations and generations and generations ago, we had folks there. So I don't know if it's cultural appropriation for African-American folks, or at least the way I see it. But particularly for a culture that is not mine, like dressing up as a Native American or an indigenous person, like 
Uh, that no. that makes me think of intent and like how tricky that is because my first sleeping bag was a Pocahontas sleeping bag. I mean, I think we all had the Disney. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I had the, the Disney stuff. <laughs> I think mean, I might have dressed up as Pocahontas one year. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I don't fully remember. but I probably um, did I, too. I wouldn't put it past me. Knowing me. <laughs> I, I would have had I found the outfit in before I found consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that poses the question of why is it a problem? And I think that's because of erasure. I'll give you an example. Um, a script that I wrote. I was talking to somebody about it and they're like, oh, and th- when you said twerking, this was in like, wasn't it in like 2004? So twerking didn't start until 2012. And I literally wanted to throw my computer across the room because it was a white woman talking to me and telling me that Miley Cyrus created twerking and she was confused. How could this exist? And I'm like, the Yang Yang twins, Uncle <laughs> Luke, those are the people who coined Right. Whistle while you twerk like that, and it's probably before that. That's my go reference. ahead and, t- and go yeah, exactly. And whistle while you twerk. Twerk some. I think you're right with like the erasure being mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems for me, especially between appreciation and appropriation. I remember that I was babysitting this girl. This little black girl, and she asked me to put boxer braids into her hair. And I was like, but your mother is a black woman and you're a black girl. How don't you know that they're called cornrows? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, do, how don't you know that, you know, this is a part of you? And it's just because she had seen, you know, Kim Kardashian and Ronda Rousey. They're doing the boxer braids. Mm. And that's how she learned Actually, it. Actually, she just wants to keep up with the Kardashians. Let her. I mean, you can Lord keep up with the Kardashians mercy. without calling cornrows boxer braids. But that's like... Often with cultural appropriation, it's dominant cultures who are like, quote unquote, borrowing or stealing from subjugated populations, right? And with all of these conversations, the way that power plays into all of it, it's like the more powerful entity taking from the less power, just the same way Black people can't be racist because we are not the dominant culture. We can't reverse appropriate or like, Whatever. The idea of reverse cultural appropriation is, you know, like Black women going blonde or POCs talking white. That's like assimilation. Yeah. That's like a survival tactic to... To try to blend in. I'm probably jumping ahead. But I think about like the fact that sometimes I'll do like a more ghetto accent, right? That's not how I was raised. I don't talk that way typically. But if I'm on stage and improv calls for it, I'll do it. Is that a problem? Because <laughs> that's Actually, what, you know? I think about that all the time. <laughs> Thank you for asking that. I think if you're putting on a, a, a Black scent or what you think is ghetto to... I to, hate the word ghetto, I know. by the way. Like, I yeah. I, I would say an... Uh, but urban. urban also is trash. They've all been demonized. They've all, it's all, all they all suck. But I think if anything, we are the people who can lean in. Right. If I saw, you know, Wasaki leaning in to a, no, a ghetto a black woman. That's how we the door, you don't You know what I mean? No. <laughs> like, no, nah, shorty. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No shade to him. He's an amazing improviser. <laughs> Have you guys seen Jumanji, the second one? I think uh, I have, but I don't remember. I don't know what you're about to say. Oh, Jack Black. Uh, so basically, <gasps> oh, he, he ends up in the black dude body. In the black, he kind of oh, he no. talking like a black dude the whole movie. And I wanted oh. to be mad. I wanted to, but it was so 
effing good. It was so it funny. It was hilarious. And they it was like two minutes. Like everybody had swapped bodies, but you have to watch it. And out of context, it is the gutter. I can see your face, Jasmine. Like, <laughs> Tropic, have you seen but Tropic I promise Thunder? you, if you go watch it, you're gonna <gasps> let. No, Tropic Thunder wasn't even done as well as Jumanji. No, though. Robert Downey. It was Jr. like hard to watch. Oh God! I only saw it once when it first came nah. out. I watched it recently again, and I was just like. Why? How oh, is no. this even allowed? This you know, like cringe. just how time fucks stuff up. That's the part where I'm like, how is this allowed? Like, who's benefiting from it? Who's making money off of this? And why? Yeah. Right? We should give context for people who haven't seen it. Yeah. So in Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. plays a white man playing a black man. So he's a white actor playing a white actor that's playing a black man. It's so deep. That's already. <laughs> but when you see him, he looks like a black dude. And it's revealed they later on that he's him. a white man. Yep. They spray tan, spray, black faced him. What executive was sitting around and was like, you know what would be a great idea? Let's spend millions of dollars making sure this goes out. And you know there are no black people in the room. Or there are skin folk who ain't your kin folk who are in the room being like, yeah, go ahead. That's it. You know what I mean? I will say it was like a few years ago. So it was a little, people were probably quiet about it. Like we all paid to see it. And we saw in the trailer that Robert Downey Jr. was in blackface. (laughs) To be clear, I did not pay to go see that movie. (laughs) And to be clear, I paid for it. I I did as well with my brother. I bought popcorn. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't think, I'm thinking about movies like, what was that? Black Like Me or... Um, Watermelon movie, Man. Right. There are movies where there are white people becoming black to benefit in some way, to get a scholarship, to get into school, to get the girl, whatever it is. But I wonder, is there ever a way to... <laughs> y'all know I'm going to push this, this boundary a little bit. Is there ever a way for someone to play a different culture, ethnicity, and it not be problematic? So I read this article and it asked a few questions around cultural appropriation, and I'll bring them to this space. To your question specifically, Ashley, it asks, what is the source? For material items such as artwork, was it made by someone from that culture? We know the producers were not. Has that individual been given permission for the item to be sold? How respectful is this work to the culture? Would people Mm. from that group object to the piece of art or to it being sold to outsiders. I like the, like, how respectful is it to that group? Like, would the people that it's appropriating from be like, yeah, we're cool with this? Because it seemed like people thought it was hilarious that Robert Downey Jr. did that at the time. And this was years ago. But that is a great question. I mean, even with the recent, not to, you know, switch from Robert, but Adele, I think the thing that threw me the most was her Bantu knots in this, uh, uh, what is it, Caribbean day? Oh, God. I Carnival. Saw, the internet <laughs> tore her up. Did y'all see all those memes? <laughs> but it actually, like, people weren't that mad in England because they were like, no, white people dress up like this consistently at Carnival. In, not, in, in, not only that, but Caribbean culture is half of Black culture of the UK. Like it's African immigrants and Caribbean immigrants who make up the black people there for the most part. So I feel and like apparently it's she a, was raised with a bunch of black. Exactly. We see it as something else. But then I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if one of my white friends went to Carnival with me or Ghana and mm-hmm. we all were wearing some outfit or whatever? Mm-hmm. Would she get canceled for that? 
Mm-hmm. Without the context, it's hard to judge what somebody's doing. You know, like Adele was raised with Black Caribbean people. She probably has a friend put them bantu knots in her hair and tell her to put on that outfit. And she felt good about it. And then we see it and we're like, this very white bread person, because we don't know I her, think like her background. There's, there's a, a sensitivity that folks need to have towards other cultures. Like to think, what does it mean for me to put this on my body? And it's the lack of consideration of, like, the consequences of the theft of the feeling of seeing a white girl, Adele, in Bantu knots and being praised and celebrated and said, how innovative, what a cool style. And it's, like, something that, like, Black women are told, you can't come to work unless your hair is straight or unless you have assimilated in all these ways. Like, the way that she benefits from it, like, there, it's, it's the fact that she didn't think twice about it. You know what I mean? Well, we don't know that. We don't know well, she what, what, how she thought she about it. Either she didn't think twice about it and posted it, or she did think twice about it and still posted it, which is more insidious to me than but being But I guess ignorant. my question is, is a white girl ever allowed to wear a hairstyle that isn't, that is from a different culture? I'm going to venture to say, nah. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm at. Nah, you can't take our hairstyles. I see folks, like white folks with dreads, and I want to run by with scissors. You know what I mean? I don't like seeing it either, but I do have peace in that I've never seen a white girl look good in a black girl hairstyle, and that is your punishment. Because you you paid a whole lot of money to look like a fool. Yeah. Um, they never look good in dress. They look dirty. So I, I, I understand that. I don't like seeing white girls in black girl hairstyles. It feels like you're taking a piece of me. And, and I've been like trying to reconcile with the fact that I don't like it when I see white girls with black girl hairstyles. But I have seen things in other, we talked about those little um, chopsticks that we used to wear in our hair. Like, is that, is that me but there's taking a, from another culture? We're also not is, wearing those chopsticks now. And like what we did in middle school is certainly. Oh, well, well, I'm talking like, about what if I do it tomorrow? I mean, <laughs> there are still things that I see in other cultures that I'm like, yo, that looks like fun. You know, those little uh, decorative face paintings that people do. I'm like, that looks dope. I don't know if I'm allowed to do it, but it looks cool. And if I, is there a way for me to do that and acknowledge the history and it I mean, not I got be... a tribal henna tattoo in Thailand. Right, right. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't think I was appropriating while I did it, but if somebody said, you shouldn't have done that, Kara, that was appropriate. And I would have been like, my bad. I like to replace whatever it is that I want to do with black. I was looking at Trader Joe's. So they had those Mexican beers and they were calling them Tito Joe's beers. And I was like, oh, what's the big deal? It's like they do that with everything. But then I was like, oh, well, would I be upset if they had Shaniqua beers or Shaniqua Kool-Aid? <laughs> no. And I would be. So I try to replace. <laughs> I would try to replace whatever it is with black and seeing if I would be upset if it were reversed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that sentiment. And I just feel like I hate cultural appropriation, okay? I hate it, too. But then I'm like, nothing is absolute. No, I think there's black, white, and gray. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, like, I can't just vehemently say Adele did that maliciously or something. Like, if you think of people like that GW professor, Jessica Krug, who lived as a black woman and taught... African-American studies yep. for years and benefited leech, from... In her words. She did. She said, I am not a culture vulture. I am a culture leech. 
as in oh, she she's sucking that. it for her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a quote from her Medium um, article mm. that she wrote. Yeah, and she totally admitted and was like, I should be canceled three times in the article. And first of all, with people like her and Rachel Dolezal, the first thing that comes to my mind is mental illness. That's like me saying I'm a Sailor Moon character and believing that in my head, you know, (laughs) and like taking that on as my life. Power! But, like, they really have played a character in their, like, daily life. I'm wondering, though, is there a way to share culture without being inappropriate or without it being malicious and evil? Well, in what ways are they giving back to the communities? In what ways are they lifting them up? Are they giving up their power to benefit the people that they've stolen from? These are the questions that I think should be asked when we're trying to answer what is that exchange between or the balance between sharing and appropriating. Well, when we talk about power and we know the powers that be are Mm -hmm. by and large white, male, all the definitions of what that is. Okay. And those people are finding aspects of our culture that they know will permeate throughout the rest of the larger culture. And I truly believe that there's a black person who said, okay, or even taught them, Mm -hmm. this is exactly how you do it, you know, because With the struggle, the crabs in a barrel, people want to be at the top. So if you're Mm -hmm. a music producer, you have a chance to make uh, beats for somebody in the neighborhood or you some Miley Cyrus approaches you about making a beat for her. If you want money, they're probably going to do the Miley Cyrus job. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying that's like capitalism and all the things Mm -hmm. about getting ahead in the community that we come from, that we don't have these opportunities So unfortunately, when something is presented, there are people who are a part of our culture who will, you know, I don't want to use the term sell out, but that's the only thing I can think of. I (laughs) mean, at one point, we all thought Pink was Black. Um, Uh, Yeah. And she had a before and And Candy wrote all of her hits. Yeah. Love you, Candy. (laughs) But is Pink a cultural appropriator? She definitely was at the beginning of her career. Yes. At the beginning of her, like for that era, she was sold and packaged as mm-hmm. a R&B Black woman traditionally would be. She, no, she wasn't packaged as a Black woman. She looked a little light-skinned. She had a soulful voice, but I don't want to say that. I thought she was a light-skinned Black person. I did, too. I did, too. Yeah. But I never heard anyone say that she, like, none of no, her people ever it, said she was a Black No, nobody said it, but they woman. sold it to the Black audience. We were her biggest consumers. Well, that's because her songwriters and producers are Black also. All Black, Yeah. yeah. At the time, before she went into the punk phase. Yeah, and then she was yeah, like, I guess okay. I just, I mean, I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to say that pink is a. We a didn't have the language for cultural appropriation when pink came onto the scene. Yeah, of course not. But even looking back on it now, I can say things were cultural appropriation. And I, I don't know that I would say there you go is cultural appropriation. Obviously, it's a fine line. I am not the end all be all. I just know sort of how I feel about it. And I'm like, I'm not giving y'all any of my money or I would rather not give my money to cultural appropriators, (laughs) to vultures, (laughs) to folks that have picked and chosen what they want from our culture. I, I totally agree that there are vultures and people who are picking and choosing and erasing. But how do we continue to share what is important to us and share um, like uh, jollof rice. I didn't know what jollof rice was before and now I want to make it. But see, right now, 
there is a white chef out there who's making jollof rice. And oh, no, he's not. He better not. <laughs> and he is making, he's opening up a restaurant that he has access to because he's but got I'm the not capital talking about and that guy. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about this one person. I'm not talking about that crazy uh, chef that's... Actually, can I just uh, <laughs> say that there is 100% a white chef making jollof and I've had that jollof. What? Um, <gasps> Where? <laughs> That, you know those meals I get delivered? They do uh, not put jollof rice in there. What's the name of the company? I, I'm forgetting the name of the, the meal delivery service that I used to get. I froze it. I froze it. But they 100% me. They sent me a vegan jollof with uh, tofu. Mm. And then oh my God. they also had a jollof with like, I think, plantains on the plate. And it's 100%. All the ancestors uh, literally are screaming. I mean, I... I could be wrong, but from based off of the way the food tastes and the way they advertise, I've assumed it was a white-owned meal service. And then I switched to the black-owned one recently, but I've also frozen that too because I've got to save my coins. Anywho, never mind. No, but that's what I mean. Like, let's share, sure. But like sharing in, involves some benefit that comes back, right? And what are the benefits that are coming back from someone stealing it? But I'm saying, okay, okay Ashley, right. I know you're talking about you specifically, but like what if there's like a specific culture that you want to share something with, right? In what ways are you engaging with that community that you want to share with? Do you know what I, I mean? mean? I was thinking of like Asian culture and black culture in regards to like the community, like the food, they making fried chicken for us and owning our hair stores and capitalizing over being able to be the model minority that was able to build businesses because they had money from the government and were able to build it up. But I feel like because they also are a minority, we aren't even calling out their appropriate. I mean, I've called it out very much. A lot of Asian people who are, like in Minnesota, we have the largest Hmong population in the country. Really? And they adapt Black culture. Like, that's their culture here. More than I had access to adapted to myself. So I'm always like, hmm. I was just going to say, I mean, I think that it is a natural thing to see other people doing something that you think is cool and be like, oh, I want to do that too. Now, what I'm not saying is that it's okay to benefit from erasing those people's history and shitting on them while you step on them to get to the top. Not saying that. But I'm definitely, I think that there is a a way for us to share in culture. I don't know what the answer is, but for us to share things that we like and not have it be demonized. Just to really quickly, like, I think that when you think, like, I hear you saying it's a natural thing to see something and be like, it's cool. And I also feel like, quote, natural is like the way that we've been conditioned. And the society that we live in has said it's cool to take or to steal or whatever without, like, considering the consequences. Kardashians are hella benefiting. You know what I mean? Of course. And like, that is what we've been indoctrinated to think about in a, in the way that like you're, you know, the nanny kid you were working for is like, I want boxer braids. Like we get conditioned to think that this is normal for this theft to happen. Do you know what I but mean? But I'm not talking about just theft. I'm talking about it's normal, like hanging out with you. Now I say folks more. 
because I see you doing it. And I'm saying things like that are natural because, oh, that's a good replacement for saying guys or gals. I like it. I'm going to take it. Now, I didn't I don't have power over you. So it's not like I'm stealing something for you or erasure. But I think that those things carry on into the bigger aspect of a white girl not knowing that black girls are kept down from having cornrows or not but knowing that they weren't allowed to wear out, them. And I also, I, I'm like, the world we live in, you out here going to get your, quote, boxer braids and you don't think twice about what it means, regardless of intent, there is still harm caused. I was just wondering in terms of Halloween, it's coming up. Don't do it <laughs> if you're thinking about it. But how do people participate without getting canceled? What are ways they can avoid cultural appropriation? Well, I actually, I have a follow-up question. Like, what has been your favorite Halloween costume? Oh, Grace Jones was my favorite Halloween Ooh. costume. Oh, Medusa. I made a headpiece with uh, snakes from the craft store. So there were a ton of them. I did put paint on, but I was fucking green. So get over it. <laughs> no, I'm just wow. kidding. Shrek I'm just kidding. and all them are going to come after you. I was, because... <laughs> I, was, I was a snake. <laughs> what about you, Ash? What was your favorite uh-huh. costume? Uh, I was a greaser once. Oh, I love that. I dressed up as a box of popcorn. And I glued popcorn onto the actual box that was around me with the red and white stripes. It's very exciting. And the reason I ask as we're, you know, trying to be like, what's the best way to dress up for Halloween? Like there are literally so many costumes and so many things that you could do that don't harm people in the process. Use your imagination. You could dress up as a chair. You could dress up as a flower. Like there's so much that you could do where you don't cause harm in the process. Why do people's minds go to history when they're thinking of a costume? And then it let's say it does go to hi- history. Why do you feel the need to emulate somebody else from a marginalized group? Because I have, I heard a story about somebody I know who dressed up in blackface and I was really disappointed. I've never talked to them about it. But I just wanted to ask them why of all the things you could be, be whoever you want to be. But I'm not painting myself white to be um, Selena. I was Selena two years ago and I just got her costume in a wig, but I didn't like do a Latina accent or uh, try to lighten my skin or something. So you can dress up as a person you love and not right. Wear the jersey, wear the hat. I will say earlier, I mentioned the jollof rice thing and I stand corrected uh, they ha- did have a black chef make it, and the people who make it daily is a white chef, is a white woman makes who it. Who owns the company? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking guessing. at this jollof rice, and it is not cooked right. I know. I just assumed it was made by white people because of the taste. <laughs> I will say well, that. <laughs> I just scrolled through the website. There are 30 people working here and not one black person. Well, go ask for a job. I don't want to work for them. I'm not trying to work in any environment where I am not valued, seen, and appreciated. And companies that don't hire Black people but benefit from our culture, eh, that was me throwing up. Bye, Black, where you can. I don't want to say it's getting way too heavy for me. So um, It's getting real stank. One, two, three, what's your favorite culture to steal from? Ah! (laughs) I'll say, I love, if I could be a different, if I could be a different race, I would absolutely On that note, you... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this has been a riveting conversation, guys. I think it's time for us to give some advice. 
But first, a quick break. to give a listener some advice. Mamiya, what you got? Our letter today reads, Hey, ladies of OOD. So the guy I've been dating for almost six months now still has old pictures with his ex on Instagram and still shares Netflix and Amazon accounts with her. Hmm. Whenever we watch something, her name pops up on the screen. It's annoying AF, but I digress. But he's made it very clear that they are over and I believe him. Like, we spend a ton of time together cooped up in COVID, so I doubt he has time to play me. But I mentioned that I saw the pictures of her on his Insta, and he seemed bothered like I was snooping on his page. And yeah, I guess I was, because it's public domain. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's public domain. <laughs> he said the ex took the breakup hard, and I do believe it because she literally started following me from a bot page, which is insane. <laughs> I'm not snooping, but it does bother me that they still have pics on social and that she has a whole fake account to snoop that he hasn't addressed. Like, what the hell? What do you think? How should I address this issue? Signed, annoyed with the Snoopy ex. Ooh. An ex is always, especially a sneaky Snoopy ex, is always just a tragic thing to have to deal with in a new relationship. I, I feel for you, annoyed with Snoopy ex. Yeah. Especially if it was hard for her, that means she thinks there's still hope. And so her mm. still having his passwords and all that is a little glimmer of like, he's just playing with that girl. Yeah, I feel like if she took it hard, let's cut all ties now that you're moving on to something else. Uh, especially, yeah, her name pops up mm. every time they watch something on Triggering. the screen. That's too much. Maybe pony up the $9 a month or $15 a month, split the Netflix account, split the Amazon account and call it a day. Y'all don't That's need to stay really in touch good. with this woman, especially if you if seeing her bothers you. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to go with the solution. Like, hey, I don't like this. Here's how we can exactly. fix it. So I like that the idea of, hey, baby, <laughs> I bought us new Netflix accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly you need to distance yourself from this woman if she out here creating fake pages. She's uh-huh. probably looking to, in your window. To She's climbing stalk in your, your window. She's your <laughs> <laughs> Hide your boyfriends. Hide yes. your boyfriends. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, just talk to him. Tell him this is a lot to deal with an ex snooping on your whole life. And if y'all is trying to set something up for future, let's figure out how we can get her out of our lives. <laughs> yes, in every area. She yeah. got to go. She, she got, got to go. To go. <laughs> she got to go. The question is, does he or they have pictures of you on their social? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. If not, then that's problematic. Yeah, then he is having time to play you. He's playing you hard in front of your face. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Y'all spent six months in quarantine together and no pictures? Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, Snoopy, but maybe, it's, watch maybe, out. maybe it took the old ex like two years before she made Instagram. You never know. He this might be. This is but true. This is true. Yeah. Also and everybody handles social media differently. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. like, sometimes I leave stuff up for too long, but a lot of times I'm like, no, let me archive this. But I know not everybody does this. Some people never delete pictures. I deleted, I mean, I deleted exes. That was weird. Yeah, or like, I've never too. left all my... You will not find my ex on my social really? media. Really? Yeah. No. I feel like... For what? I don't know. I just feel like it takes so much energy to like go through and be like, all right, let me delete this. Let me make sure this is private so no one can see it. I'm like, it's too much energy. Yeah. 
like you said, Kira, people use social media in different and unique ways. (laughs) (laughs) So annoyed with the Snoopy X, I think what we're saying is you got to set that boundary with your boo and And let him know what makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, well, she'll just make another profile how do you even know that she has a fake profile is my question like because she's been snooping on that public domain (laughs) (laughs) right he likes snoopy women well we hope that helped um yes (laughs) every time we're like hopefully that helps hopefully your life doesn't blow up again we are not licensed therapists (laughs) or counselors But we set set up that disclaimer. Don't come for us. But this is great fun. I want to go to a carnival now. I know, like a carnival. (laughs) I want to what you gonna wear? You gonna wear? I want to put some bantu knots in my hair. And um, can I do that? (laughs) Can can you do it? You gotta get a thong with some fishnets and a feathered uh, crop out outfit. With call it the Adele. I go to Carnival one year for sure. Well, I'm about to go put some um, some faux locks into a white girl's hair, so we got to wrap this up real quick. Yeah, I have a Zoom call with Rachel Dolezal later to follow up. I'm gonna just go write that dissertation real quick with Jessica Krug. So, (laughs) yeah, she's a great resource. We appreciate y'all so much tuning into this conversation. Let us know what you think about cultural appropriation and the podcast. Review it. Help us out. Let us know what you think. And make sure to come kiki with us on the socials. Y'all know where we at. At Obama's Other Daughters on Insta. OOD Improv on Twitter. And on Facebook. Obama's Other Daughters. And if you or someone you know need advice, like annoyed with the Snoopy X, give us a holler by writing a letter to us at oodpodcast at gmail.com. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You Down is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.